Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. Welcome to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Visit joy.org.au to find out more about our Joycasts. Hello, this is Miriam Margulies, and you are listening to Joy 94.9. Hello, and welcome to Been There, Done That on Joy 94.9. I'm Chris. I'm Gordon. And I'm Phil. Well, now we know who we are. How are you? Okay, everybody that's listening, yell out your name now. <laughs> and we'll, we won't be able to hear you, but it'll make a lot of fun, won't it? <laughs> uh, you're listening to Been There, Done That, which is Joy's history program, where we, we like to identify items of interest that uh, uh, happen around about this time that have anniversaries. It sometimes becomes hysterical. Yes, rather than right. oh, historical. Rather than, oh, I might have my no, words no, mixed you, up. You, you, you belong to the hysterical society, do you? Um, yes. Okay. Right. <laughs> so on today's show, we're going to be talking about events that are happening around us, current at the moment. Some people who are we might have ever thought we are, but we're going to say, well, it's now suggested that they are. Uh, we are going to be talking about a couple of things dealing with politics here in Australia. Oh, what else? I mean, what else? Like the way things have been going lately, you would, how can you not talk about it? Well, I vote yes that we talk about it. Okay, yeah, well, yes is a vote we've got to have, yes. <laughs> and the other thing is that we'll be talking about the weather because it's a special time of the year and it's being unseasonable, isn't it? But it was in the paper that this was the coldest November starts in since 1994. That is Which a long means time ago. not much. <laughs> they say the weather is changing. Could you tell that to those people that are up in Canberra that don't believe in um, climate change? Oh, yes. We'll, oh, well. No, they've got a climate policy now or an energy policy, so it's all under control. So if they see a tree, they climb it. We could save 75 cents a year. Oh. oh. <laughs> Don't you love it when they do those sums <laughs> and it works out? Lovely, isn't oh, it? You used to say, oh, well, there's an extra cup of coffee, but uh, not, not even anymore. a cup of coffee for no. 75 cents. Oh, no. No. Can't even buy a postage stamp. Oh. Well, you can't. That's true. But pretty the poor people who were at the races today well on melbourne cup day, on melbourne if, cup day. if you're listening to this on wednesday or in podcast form. yes yes but it, it's probably following the pattern because um the forecast for the whole week was pretty dull except when you get to the end of the week when it's supposed to be a bit brighter but it's not going to stop or it didn't stop all the people getting out there in all their finery and all the rest of it and, and watching. The, the most important thing is a horse couldn't care less what the weather's doing. It's <laughs> no. going to run rain, hail or shine. That's exactly right. Because yeah. there's a guy on top of him kicking his bum. 
<laughs> I'm afraid I don't get particularly excited about Melbourne Cup. I, I listened to it uh, at the time or, or viewed it on the TV, but I'm not going to comment about any of the horses and their performance because I wouldn't wa- know one horse from another. Well, I like watching the races because I like the horses. I just watch the horses run. They're just beautiful animals. I don't like to see them in whipped blazers to get to the line or anything like that but uh, it's just that the they're such magnificent animals and I just like to see them coming along and I do appreciate the public holiday though do you because every six or seven years I get the day off on my birthday ah yes you would Being do too first Tuesday in November could be the first often occurs on the first of November, November. Yeah. wow and I've managed to keep my birthday going for another week <laughs> <laughs> But, but the, the carry-on that uh, surrounds the cup... But is, you've got to realise the amount of money that it brings into the community with people like the dressmakers that make the dresses, the, 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 the millinders that make the hats. And the and they, there was Yeah, well, there was a, an article in the paper that I read about how the, the cup saves the millinery industry because they work just about all the year round to, to make the hats for the, the people to wear to the races. Well, so when else are you going to wear a hat? Oh yeah, well they they have especially races. those sort of hats. Yeah, well they they have they have the carnival, which is four days of, of racing. So the women, if they go to every day, they would probably want a new a different outfit for every day. So there's four dresses, four hats, four pairs of shoes, and a handbag to match, and all the rest of it. So it's financially very very good for the economy, for these things to happen. Well, that might be so, but I suppose the the booze industry and the uh, oh, they, they, picnic they, industry they they uh, they look forward the to it as well. The alcohol industry also get it very well, and plus oh. the plus the gambling industry, of course, which is huge at this time of the year. And the dry cleaners afterwards from everybody <laughs> that's fallen over. Well, the French do okay because if you you wouldn't be seen drinking sparkling wine, you would have to have champagne. Yes, and of course that has to come from France. Yeah, that's right. Yes. It's not helping the local industry. But there's a lot of they, they usually put on um, French champagne at a reduced price for this time of the year and all that sort of stuff. But it does And it's too late now, but if you're in a hurry to get to the track and you're in the CBD, you can catch an Uber helicopter for $1,000. Oh, wonderful. I, I, but I said we'd have to have two because you've got to come home. You know, I you've can got catch to go a train home. You catch it. Oh, they the Because yeah, at the end of the day, you don't have $1,000. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly not. Now, and the gambling industry, that, that really makes a lot of money, presumably, oh, out yeah. of the, yeah, the yeah. day's activities. Yeah. I found out it was okay to gamble in Melbourne because I read a bumper sticker. Did yeah. you? It said, free to bet. Oh. Free to bet. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Phil. Thank you, Phil. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I have to acknowledge that's from The Simpsons. Oh right, from yeah. Shelbyville. But I, I can remember, I can remember years ago when I was working in the hotel, the uh, some very good um, bookmakers used to come in from after the races every um, Saturday, and they'd come into the pub and they'd drink and we'd talk and all the rest of it, it was fun. Mm. But what about the emus or the ostriches? What's the name of them? They're the people that go around. Oh, the emu pickers, the emus that go around and pick up all the tickets. But that's illegal now. You're not allowed to do it. Is it? Yeah, that's been that's been illegal for Please a number of years. Please explain to the listener. Well, it, the, the emus or the they used to go around and just pick up all the um, betting, betting tickets. tickets because people would think that they had lost their, their they'd lost the race because they, they had imbibed. Especially no, especially if there was a protest and people would have thrown their tickets away because of the thing and then they'd say protest. Well, they these people would go around and pick up all the tickets, then sit at home and go right through them and sort out. They'd know which horse had won which race or whatever it was. And quite a few people made a lot of money doing it. But now it's, I believe that has been stopped. They don't allow that anymore. 
So the bookmakers would be happy. What were the general punters feeling like after the day? Oh, well, it depended what sort of a race it was. If, if it was a race where the, the, all the favourites won, well, the bookies wouldn't have had for such a good day. But if, the, if they had a few long shots come in, the bookies make a killing. And that's the way it works. But they So but they, never bet on a white horse. You should bet on a dark horse. Yes, something like that, yes. Oh, well, we'll talk about a couple of dark horses in our second little... Um, Alleged dark horses. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so. all right, then. Perhaps. I'm going to be the devil's advocate. All right, you'd be the devil's advocate. <laughs> but, it, but, but, but every Melbourne Cup is a brand new item. Yes, yes. Yeah. It's not the same one passed it's down. It's not a and, perpetual and, trophy. Perpetual trophy. What a good like way of the, describing um, it. Grand final cup. I no, think, they, is they, it perpetual. They, they get they get that cup given to them, and they keep that, and then they make another one next year. It's the same as the Melbourne Cup. The Melbourne Cup is given to the winning owner. Well, what's the one? And they, they the honour roll at the, the, the high honor, school. Yeah, well, that'll be about right. Yeah, they can't <laughs> take that off the wall and give it to you. But no, the the cup is a, is an actual cup that they make every year. It's yeah. a, it's eighteen it's got carat three gold handles. and three handle loving cup. Because yeah. after a few races, you owe that one. But it's not a big cup. Oh, it holds a fair bit of wine if you want to fill it up with wine. Well, a couple, I'll, I'll, you know, probably a bottle. Probably a whole bottle a of wine. Probably a big bottle or a Jeroboam. Oh, um, no, it'd be too small for a Jeroboam. What's yeah. a Jeroboam? There's two bottles to, of wine. Two bottles yeah. of wine. What, in one? In one bottle. Well, then one it's one bottle liters. of wine. There's a Jero, Jeroboam and Nebuchadnezzar and a, um, the, there's the big one... Uh, they, they come in three different sizes, four different sizes in champagne bottles. Oh. Hmm. I don't like champagne. <laughs> so I bring that up. I, tell I, the whole city. I, I always say that two drinks of champagne are not many bodies. <laughs> it's, it's all bubbles. It's like shaking a bottle of Coke and trying to drink that. No, but it goes into, because it's aerated or mineralized, it goes into the bloodstream very quick. Uh, not mm. when you spit it out. Yeah. But if you drink it, yeah. But it's, it's a nice drink to start a lovely meal. And, and a nice conversation starter as well. Oh, not as good as a chocolate but, milkshake. But the uh, but with the with the races, as I say, it, it it it's it's a we in Australia we love our sporting heroes. Doesn't matter whether they're dogs, racehorses, or whatever they are. If they're winning, they are heroes. And the uh, but we bet on flies crawling up the wall. Well, some people would do that, <laughs> but not you and me. But it's, well, I can't figure out these betting it's, it's, apps. It, it, it's a wonderful, wonderful way to put Melbourne on the map, and I think. Melbourne gets put on the map much easier with the Melbourne Cup than it does with the Grand Prix. I think that I think the Melbourne Cup being such an old thing that it goes, mm, it, yeah. is, it, it is it is well known overseas, and uh, because they bring the horses from overseas now, and it's just a, it's just a huge. It is a Melbourne institution, and it's a reasonable size winning to pay for the, oh, Lord, yeah, the, the air freight from the other side is, of the yeah, world yeah, and everything. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, but no, it's a, it's a great day for Melbourne. It and really as is. Phil said, it's a great day for those who don't indulge because we get the public holiday in mm. the city of Melbourne, but not in the countryside. No, I have a suspicion that this weekend has been a four-day weekend. Well, it's always a four-day weekend. Usually, so a lot of people didn't turn up well, to work on Monday. Tradesmen usually take an RDO on this day so that they get the long weekend because the, they then get Saturday, Sunday, They've had Monday, to redefine Tuesday. RDO. They now have rusted days rusted on. Rusted days off. 
No, they yes. just, nowadays on because they don't work many of them. Well, all the all the guys were working on the block of flats at Hampton Station today, so um, they're not having a holiday. You're with Chris Gordon and Phil. Been there, done that. And in honour of or in, in recognition of the crappy weather we we're having, we're going to get Lily Allen to sing, and she's asking us where the the, the blue sky is. And she's at the end of the week, blue well, skies. No, well, yeah. Well, hopefully, yes. Well, she can't hear your answer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Your enjoy 94.9. find more joycasts and show blogs go to joy.org.au you're with gordon phil and chris been there done that joy 94.9 thanks for being with us and we enjoy getting feedback from you and thanks very much to maria for her little note she said oh, i got up early in the day and i listened to you fellows we have another listener too from our last show a young man called tim Mm. Oh, used to be the news director. Oh, that fellow, <laughs> that Tim. That Tim. But he was listening. Yeah, he was listening. Yeah. But how do they contact us anyhow? Jim? Well, like you send an email to been there at joy.org.au, and we'll read it. All right. And we like getting emails. Yeah. We don't like begging for them, which we're doing right now. <laughs> it sounds what you're doing now. Well, I'm politely asking. Oh, right. Later on, I'll be demanding. Yeah. All right. Now, did yeah. you see in the news, Chris, that? Um, West Australia finally caught up with almost the rest of Australia. Oh, I I think I did see this article. Mm. It, it concerned the gay community. The gay community, yes. The, the, the our community in WA have been um, the community welcomes the apology to men convicted of homosexual acts. So, it's um, oh right, okay then because. Uh, presumably, WA was much like all the other states. That there was the, a criminal acts. Yeah, the, the yeah. acts were criminal, and people and were fined or they were they were thrown in jail. Whatever, however terrible the deed and was. And the other problem was, of course, that <coughs> the uh, police forces at the time uh, weren't particularly well educated. In um, they were well educated, but in a straight way. Well, yes, I suppose in a straight <laughs> way. There was no gay people among their ranks that. Uh, oh, that's what we, they, that's what they tell us, you know. But it's look, we as I always say, we're bigger than Rotary. There has to be one in ten is in any big um, group of men would have to be um, somewhere on on our side. The, of the National fence. Party in Queensland beg to differ. Oh, Mr. Catter. Oh, yeah, there's yeah, no, no gay no people gay in my electorate. <laughs> Said the said the bloke. I saw the the thing on the um, YouTube or something or other from somebody in in Mr. Catter's electorate. He said, "Well, what do you reckon I am, Bob?" <laughs> Invisible. Invisible. Yeah. Yeah. But no, it's very good that the uh, the gay community in WA uh, actually has now. Uh, I won't say caught up that they have received this public apology and acknowledgement of their. And their and their and the wrongs that and their crimes are going to be wiped off the record, so that see, look, when you, if you get a criminal uh, activity, you're not you're very difficult to get a, a a passport to leave the country mm. if you're if you've got a criminal um, conviction, and so that by taking this out of the, the, the wiping the whole thing off their 
their records and their books. They can now, they don't have to explain. Well, in Victoria, you actually have to apply to have the record, your particular record, deleted. I, I, I just thought they were going to do it automatically. No, no, no. Well, it's... it's it might you know, have been too hard to find them. Exactly. There's a lot of them. Of course, a lot of them would be passed away by now because a lot of them go are, are a long time ago when mm. it was happening. But they're yeah. not applying for visas. No, that's right. No. Yeah. Um, between 200 and 300 men apparently were convicted mm. under mm. the rules, under the that, but you've got laws to remember, it was in a, WA. It was a different time to what it is now. They were pretty ruthless. They just felt that that was the easy way to get their, but to correct their quotas in, up, you know? To correct the wrong in 2017 is a bit late. Yeah, well, this is really. right. But then again, at least it's been so done. What we can say now is that Western Australia is, again, just three hours behind us. Yeah, something like that, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you, Phil, for that little piece of accuracy. Uh, <laughs> but isn't it wonderful uh, hindsight that applied in this particular situation? People looked back in the history of WA and realised that those convictions were, in fact, not supported by current mm. attitudes. I'm, I'm, I'm just, just before you get started on hindsight, in reference to the Melbourne Cup, if you've got hindsight, you're not winning. <laughs> ah, thank you. <laughs> Any horse Any race. horse is going in front of you, you've got hindsight. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you have to. But, but um, it, I, I was just wondering whether... It's taken so long for WA to catch up and for Victoria to catch up, but it was. Uh, I, I'm just wondering whether it was the change of government over there that did it, because they have now become. They have just uh, taken out the the Liberal government after many many years. They I don't know how many years the Liberal government have been in power over there, but they they now have a Labor government, and the Labor government are the people that have been bought, have brought this in. Maybe they have more of a social conscience than. But wouldn't that be sad if that was the only reason, though? Oh yeah, but but I think the liberals are still that blindfolded. Yeah, well, we won't mention Manus Island, um, but in it, yeah, so it's, um, it's no. Well, in the report that I read, there was no reference to no reference the political to side. I think it was uh, uniformly respected, well, probably in, yeah, by yeah. all parties. It just depends who but brings it forward. It's interesting though that when we've got the current modern laws and the even medical and psychological interpretations of personal behaviour, that uh, we can look back at people in history and think, oh, oh yeah. I wonder if their behaviour was locked into the social environment that they found and that now with our modern glasses on our face we can actually see different situations yeah but, but you've, you've, well one of those people of course would have been Tchaikovsky Peter Ilyich Tchaikovsky who was the great Russian composer and he had well, to hide his sexuality they have gay people in the music industry oh do they I'm they glad have. I'm sitting down <laughs> they have Liberace gay. told me they weren't gay <laughs> <laughs> and do they have oh. gay people in Russia I don't think Putin well it's still oh, I think well, it's still yeah. pretty illegal in Russia I think yeah. they, they still have this, where you're Putin it, Putin it. <laughs> yeah yeah but it's just it's just um with Russia that of course is a is a highly controlled state but it when is. was Tchaikovsky around Tchaikovsky and I'm not saying his name again around the 1800s so it was hardly an enlightened time. No. He, he, he was born in 1840 and died in 1883 on the 6th of November. Yeah. Yeah. And it said on his tombstone, I told you I was sick. Yeah, <laughs> no, but he was only 43 years old. There's been consideration over many years that, in fact, Peter Tchaikovsky was gay. 
here. There was lots of little references in letters that he wrote to other people and observations made and uh, other documentation. And, of course, his brother, Modeste Tchaikovsky, was gay. Mm. So Peter wrote to his brother... I am now going through a very critical period of my life. I will go into more detail later, but for now I will simply tell you I have decided to get married. It is unavoidable. I must do it, and not just for myself, but for you, Modeste, and all those I love. Yes, he, he had an array, basically an almost an arranged marriage eventually. Yeah. yeah. I think that for both of us, our dispositions are the greatest and most insuperable obstacle to happiness. And we must fight our natures to do the best of our ability. Well, that would be almost a confession to say that there was something wrong with you that you weren't straight. Yeah, that's right. You know, so just reading that. In, in Tchaikovsky's own words, he recognised that he was different and, uh, but fighting our natures, yeah, that sounds like that's been preached. Yeah, well, like your your nature is not normal. But you would have to, you would have to realize also that in those days the church was very prominent in Russia. Well, the it Russian ran the Orthodox. world. Yeah, well, that's right. The letter goes on to say, Surely you realize how painful it is for me to know that people pity and forgive me, when in truth I am not guilty of anything. Mm. How appalling to think that those who love me are sometimes ashamed of me. In short, I seek marriage or, or some sort of public involvement with a woman so as to shut the mouths of assorted contemptible creatures whose opinion means nothing to me but who are in a position to cause distress to those near to me. Now, Chris, that's, the, uh, that's what happened a lot when I was growing up. Um, people would get married because of peer pressure, and they yep. should never have done so. Mm. You know, and that's that still continued right through the fifties and sixties. I'm sure but, it happens now, and, and probably it, does. It is a, a great injustice to personal freedom mm. because mm. in your own mind you're fighting this battle and you're giving up, yes. saying well, I have to be normal. Well, yeah, but I can what tell is normal? You, you don't. Yeah. Mm. It's wonderful not to be normal. That's right. You, you've <laughs> got to be yourself. You have to live yourself. Mm. And it. it does seem that gay men have taken to their hearts the music of Peter Tchaikovsky because it is perceived, rightly or wrongly, to contain all the longing and despair of homosexual angst in a homophobic world. Well, his own letter said that. Yeah. Although although he was one of the great musical thinkers, it is for the melodic lyricism and suffering so audible in his work, rather than its complexity or brilliant, that he will be remembered. Yes, well, the Tsar gave him a a lifetime pension, actually, Mm. um, because of his music. Is the listener familiar with his work? The 1812 Overture is a battle. That's right. It's a, it is a battle set to music. Mm-hmm. But um, then that bloody gun when Swan it goes Lake off. And the other ballets. Oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's beautiful, beautiful music yep. set to a beautiful scene yep. on the stage. That's right. Yep. It's, just a, it's just one of those things. But he fought his whole life to be not considered to be gay, but to be straight. That's why he decided he better get married to make it look as though he was a normal person. Mm. Which, as I said, has happened. Well, we happened are through, normal. Hap- through, yeah, we are normal, but it happened through generations, and now, yeah. now all we need is equality. That's right. On well, our side of the fence, right now. He expresses his frustration brilliantly, mm. without saying the words "I am, am gay." I, well, they wouldn't know what it's gay a, was in those. Well, days, they wouldn't have they? used that word, no. but um, 
I don't think homosexual was even used in in those no, times either. Probably not. Yeah. Same sex attracted. I mean, he said, you're yeah, of our disposition. Dispos- the disposition, yeah. that's what it our was. preference. Then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. So there you go. Oh, there you go. Now he's safe and sound. Well, Capital Cities is going to play a piece of music for us as well. Safe and sound. But keep Peter Ilyich Tchaikovsky in your mind as a gay person. You're on joy. You're listening to a Joycast from GLBTIQ Community Radio Station Joy 94.9. You're with being there, done that. Joy 94.9, Phil, Chris and Gordon. Yeah. Phil, do you ever listen to us on podcast? I have done. Yes. We're brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> I personally think I sound funny, but anyway, that's, <laughs> that's just me. <laughs> Not good funny. No. Just funny funny. Yeah. Just no. uh, You don't. I don't think you're meant to hear your own voice outside your own head. It's very it's disconcerting when you first hear it, isn't it? Well, on, on the radio when it comes back to you. Yeah. It's an eye-opener. I, I an ear-opener. I, I, I always listen to us at 5 o'clock on a Wednesday morning. Oh, thank you. Oh, yes. you're I'm up early. I'm an up, up, up early person, so I usually listen then. So you should start our program each week saying good morning to yourself yes, yes. good morning gordon yeah well good morning gordon wake we, up sleep ahead yeah. <laughs> but you're not the only listener thanks very much no. for listening to our podcast mm. and we are one of the many many podcasts that you can listen to we via the um joy joy smartphone, smartphone app, app. And also Joy website, Joy website. You go or to, and, and iTunes. iTunes, yeah. The iTunes stories where you will see yeah. them all listed. Yep. Yeah. And before we before we had that lovely little bit of music, uh, we were talking about Mr. Peter Ilyich Tchaikovsky about um, trying to hide his sexuality. But there is an Australian. Well, no, there's someone else who's of, got a birthday and he didn't hide his uh, well, sexuality. Mm. He wore a Green Carnation. <laughs> Tell everybody who he was, yeah. In fact, we're, we're talking about Oscar Wilde, mm. who died on the 30th of November 1900. So he's been well and truly recycled, I would hope. Yep. Uh, but, but he was, in his own way, progressive, and he didn't deny his sexuality. The Duke of uh, Queens- Queensbury called Oscar Wilde a sodomite in public in in the newspaper, and how dare you? And Queensbury's son told Oscar Wilde to challenge his father and to take him to court for libel. If he had just ignored it, he would never have had the notoriety that he did, mm. because it was only because the Marquis of Queensbury called him a sodomite, and then um, the boyfriend. Uh, Queensbury's son said, called him a sodomite with reason. With yeah, with reason. reason. Yeah, with reason. But it was quite true. But if he hadn't, if, if he had just let it slide, everything would have been fine. But then he, his, uh, the the son said, "You've got to challenge my father about this because he, his, his son hated his father." Just to lighten the tone, most sodomites burn up on Earth entry. Do they? The atmosphere. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, thank you, Phil. What oh, was that meteorite? I, I, really, I started I reading the dictionary and it got so boring, I skipped a few pages. <laughs> satellite, I think you meant. Oh, no, satellite as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they all burn up when they enter our atmosphere, yeah. <laughs> but that was that was the problem with him. He, he, yeah. he, he need not have gone through all that. 
someone else with an Irish background, but actually an Australian, was Henry Lawson, well, famous they, poet. Yes, they've just been in, digging into his past, actually. And once again, with the, the hindsight glasses perched on their nose. Mm-hmm. They've got re- 20-20 vision. And they're considering that perhaps... He might have been gay. Well, uh, yes, he was a he was a very effeminate man. Actually, he wasn't he, he wasn't the butch robust sort now, of. Now, why bloke. would we think that he's butch and robust? Because, because he he tracked all around the interior of Australia. No, it wasn't that, and and uh, he was itinerant. Or no, no, it was he it was demeanor. It was his demeanor, the way he carried himself, and the way he grew that big mustache to make himself look butch. Yeah, but, but he if was, you said he was effeminate, in what way? Well, that, that's they, that's they they considered him to be effeminate in the days, in the because it was just one of those things. I think we're looking back through rainbow-coloured glasses. No, no, no. Though it says so in the in the in the um, what's name the people have investigated him. Mm-hmm. Um, what's uh, Frank Morehouse has written a book yeah. called the um, the Drover's Wife, which is part of the one of. Uh, but Lawson's Henry stories. Lawson was an Australian poet, and he he wrote about the Australian existence yeah. of that period. Of that period. Henry Lawson, was his, his mother was a, an absolute firebrand uh, socialist. She did not believe in any of the, um, the, the ruling parties at all, and she brought up Henry in the same vein. He, he, was, a, he was an out-and-out socialist. He was never, uh, never one for the, um, the ruling classes. And he was a contemporary Banjo of Patterson. Banjo Patterson, yeah, they were, and they were almost opposites. Yeah, because Badger Patterson, wherever he went, it had always rained and everything was beautiful and sunny and the corn were growing and the wheat was growing and the sheep were fine and everything. But when Henry Lawson went out into the country, it had been after a drought or something had gone wrong, bushfires and everything was just horrible. So he wrote the actual opposite to what Banjo Patterson did. That would have been a a really cruel existence living in Australia of those years. Yeah, well, he he worked for the Bulletin. He he had a job as a Bulletin. He used to publish stuff for the Bulletin. Which was a newspaper or magazine? The magazine that was started by the Archibald, the man that gives the Archibald Prize. Now, he, he was out in the country and he met... Uh, out in Burke, and he met a young man. Henry Lawson was 25 at the time, and the young man was between 17 and 18, and his name was Jim Graham. Jim Gordon, actually, but he wrote under the name of Jim Graham. And Jim Graham said that he noticed this thin uh, man with the most beautiful, soft, gentle eyes go past and stare at him while he was working in the field until eventually he, he spoke to Henry Lawson and almost immediately a huge bond grew up between them. Picked up each other. One of the earliest examples of Gator. Gator, yes, probably was. Because uh, Henry Lawson asked him where he was staying, and he was staying at a hotel. He said, but my sugar bag's almost empty, which meant that he had nothing. And so Henry said to him, well, come and stay with me and we'll camp together. Not meaning K A M P, but C A M P on the on the track. Unintended. Yeah, uh, yeah. But so they they were going to walk from Burke to somewhere else, and it was four hundred and fifty kilometres, which would have normally taken them about three weeks. It took them three months. Oh, they must and they, have stopped. And on they the stopped way. all the way, and he, they got to the and, and then. But their relationship apparently developed into a, a real bond. Yeah, a, a huge bond. But then Henry Lawson just left him, went back to Sydney. Whoa. And didn't see him again for another another twenty three years. Oh. And did they pick up again? And then Henry Lawson was given a house in Leeton yeah. by the government because he was then on the they didn't recognise his, his, his poetry and stuff, and they sent him to Leeton. And um, Jim Graham was writing in 
uh, in the area, in the Murrumbidgee area. Mm-hmm. And uh, he heard on the, read in the newspaper that Henry was back in at Leeton, went and met him, and they continued on from where they'd stopped. Wow. And it was very... Very forgiving young chap. Yeah, very, very upsetting for Daisy, who was Jim's wife. Yeah. But she realised that th- this was a relationship that had been going on for years. Oh, wow, it's a brokeback mountain yeah, situation. Yeah, I'll say, yeah, just about, yeah. Wow. But, but then um, he was in Leeton for 12 months, and then he all of a sudden he was an alcoholic. Um, he was because he was he was trying to hide his uh, gayness and all the rest. He Henry became, Lawson. Henry Lawson. Yeah, he yeah. he he became an alcoholic and he couldn't. Uh, there was no drinking in Leeton because it was the, the Murrumbidgee project, and they decided to stop alcohol. So there was no alcohol in Leeton, and Jim, and uh, Henry Lawson couldn't do it. So he went straight off, just left Jim again, and went back to Sydney. To Sydney, uh, and he married and had a couple of children or children but his marriage only lasted six years because um, he couldn't stand it you know he would have been classified as bisexual these days i would say bertha his daughter said dad loved jim very much and jim loved him dad said after all i think he's about the best thing i ever did and so mm. that's that's was his, his relationship with Jim was on a different level to, to the relationship. every other relationship he had. Yeah, and he didn't like going into the shearing sheds with all the butch blokes doing the farm work and all the rest of it. But he was he, he just he, he didn't have that sort of relationship. Private soul and yeah. shy yeah. in some ways. He was anti-establishment, and I I read a poem to um, Philip before, while we were waiting to start, and it's called uh, an ode to a statue, and it's a a statue of Queen Victoria, oh, and it is not very complimentary about Queen Victoria. All. He was very, can, very you thing can see, about uh, it. Henry's mother's Irish attitude coming through, the yes, but it, but it, it had well worked itself into but his he, attitude. He says in the poem that he appreciates the fact that the statue's hidden in the park. Yes, <laughs> that's right. Yes, <laughs> yeah. he thought we should become a republic as well. He thought we should have been a republic way back then, even. Mm. Golly gosh, you're with Gordon, Phil, and Chris. Been there, done that. Join ninety four point nine. Stay tuned. There is more. You're listening to a Joycast from GLBTIQ Community Radio Station Joy ninety four point nine. You're with Phil, Chris and Gordon. Been there, done that. Joy 94.9. Thanks for being with us. Yes. It's, it's we were talking about Henry Lawson and his... Um, Republican re- ideas. Well, yes. And uh, likewise, presumably, um, Oscar Wilde and those would have been... Oh, I think um, I, don't, I don't think so, because Oscar Wilde came from a quite a wealthy family in the oh, upper class. Right, yes. Upper class of Ireland. I don't think it was that... Um, well, I suppose there are some people that... Are, believe that they're born to rule mm, mm. now once before we actually had a bit of a referendum didn't we in australia we did and it was, uh, it was to be, for australia to become a republic yep it was a national referendum back in the 6th of november 1999 yes and what happened to it well because of the wording of the way that mr howard wrote the question um people voted no and that was it that you because with a referendum you have to have um, 60% of six states or something rather to vote or something. It's, it's very hard very to rule. get a yes. Well, we've we've only had, I think, three yes votes in a referendum since we started, mm. you know. So um, if they want to change the referendum for the this thing about the politicians that have, have got dual citizenships, they're going to have a hard push to get it. it won't, they won't ever get it through. This is the problem. Mm. But anyhow, the but because of the Republic, um, see, Oscar Wilde was a, uh, not Oscar Wilde, um, Henry Lawson. He was he was a, he was a bit of a Republican. But there was a very interesting article in the paper that I read from an eighteen-year-old schoolboy who was a, 
uh, from Xavier College yeah. about how he felt that we should be we should become a republic, and he and he says it was an instinctive thing with him that we should be a republic, and how he'd actually visited London, he'd gone to the London to the Tower of London and seen all the crown jewels, and he'd looked at them and he thought, well. All the kings and queens have been wearing those, but the only only reason they got to wear them was an accident of birth. They didn't deserve any of it. <laughs> I thought to myself, good on you, lad. Yeah, it was a quite an interesting article. But the tower is also a shining example of you can't take it with you. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's collected there it's and on collected show. there, yeah. And they only bring it out every now and again to put it on the top of somebody's head. Yeah, yeah. some but old queen. Have you have you have you seen the ex, the, the jewels? I have seen them. You've, you've oh, seen so them. I've been I haven't been to the mother country. Oh. oh. Well, well, it I don't I'm depends which, which 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 mother country you're talking about if you're talking about politicians these days. Yes. <laughs> but but a, a republic um is sort of coming back into uh, the chat at the moment. There's a there's a bit of bit more it's sort of slowly sort of seeping into the conversation well, about I, I becoming a republic. Well, I think the whole political situation uh, with countries run by governments and, and fake presidents and... Uh, We've been trumped. <laughs> who said, somebody in the background said that. I don't know who that was. <laughs> uh, and, and the politics and, and governments really are, are losing their way a little bit and in the current world well, and I don't know what how they can reinvent themselves or reinvent the process but the they're, they're finding it harder to push their message which they could tr- traditionally do through newspapers when you've got Twitter out there saying the opposite faster yes. so you're saying social media is the thing that's uh, telling it's people destroying the way, the way governments had control communicated mm. and controlled the public mm, 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 mm. now I'm not sure if that's good or bad but it's what is. Yeah, but the but the point is that the people the people voted for Trump because he appealed to their um, way that they had to live with their, with their, their out of work and all the rest of it. And he said he was going to bring back the car industries and going to do this, that, and the other, and make give people jobs, which is what people want. The the, the population it's need to have work and a head a house over a roof over their head and food it's very simplistic yeah and i mean his whole message was simplistic that's right but and it, his it, message was i'm not a politician yeah but he well got, now we know that's been proven yeah but he's not a politician you're right there but it was a very interesting um way that he won it he won it because of that and plus all the lies that he told and the fake news and all the rest of it and the, the mm. twitters and everything but he he promised the people Something that yeah. they were, they had had, but didn't but have any more. What he didn't mention, though, is he's going to do it with the Russians. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, we've been dissatisfied with our parliaments ever since parliaments have been formed. Oh, God, Way yes. Way back, you know, with the uh, that original charter that was written in the English... Parliament, yeah, the Parliament of England wrote their original constitution with the help from. No, 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 no. I'm thinking back in the the 11 or 1200s. Oh, uh, right. When yeah. there was, but of course, Mr. Monsieur Guido Fox, he attempted to blow up the English Houses of Parliament because he was a little bit. <laughs> he was uh, anti-royal and yes, anti yeah, anti-parliamentarians. He like yes, he didn't lot. like that lot there. But at least, at least they. The, and he did that on the sixth of no, fifth uh, of, of November, sixteen oh five. Yes, 1605. yes so and right. we still remember him and we do too because they they had a big bonfire in london didn't they yes they mr had, weinstein effigy, effigy of mr weinstein yes <laughs> <laughs> they burnt him at the stake yeah oh, and that's God another gosh. that's another story that oh. you know you get your 
back up about. Coming mm. up this uh, this Saturday is the 11th of November. Yes. That's the Remembrance Day. Oh, I meant to bring in and show you fellows, I have growing in my backyard at the moment, red poppies, those little red poppies. Yes, I've got a packet of those seeds and I had to find out when I could plant them. Well, a bit late now, and mate. No, I know, you, cut, you have to plant at the end of summer. And I've read the read the instructions, so I'm going to What's do that. What's the number for the Australian Federal Police? <laughs> Not too sure you should be growing poppies in your backyard, sir. <laughs> you are because these are Flanders poppies from, yes. from the national Not the opium from poppies. the national war. Ah, oh, the guy that lives next door to the Simpsons. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, what Flanders? Flanders. <laughs> oh, Ned. Oh, sorry. You, his full name is Stupid Flanders. <laughs> <laughs> I'm missing them already. Oh, I can't talk about it. Oh well. Angry's up my blood. Yes, yes. No Simpsons on free-to-air TV. See, now I'm talking about it. Oh. <laughs> uh, the First World War began in August 1914 and lasted for four years. And on five o'clock in, on the morning of the 11th of November 1918, Germany, lacking manpower, weaponry and supplies, and facing imminent invasion, signed an armistice agreement with the Allies. And this marked the end of World War I. And it has become known as Remembrance Day or Armistice Day. And traditionally, British, Canadian, South African, Australian and New Zealand citizens observe the day with two-minute silence in the 11th hour on the 11th day of the 11th month, which is at the time the armistice became effective. And the red poppy that has become recognised as a symbol of Remembrance Day was chosen because uh, the poppies that bloomed across some of the worst battlefields of Flanders, uh, an area in Western Europe now spanned by Germany, France and Netherlands, and that's where a lot of our troops uh, lost their lives. That's right. Yeah. Um, the, the poppies weren't flowering at the time of the armistice, but they... Despite all the war, flowered those afterwards. seats flowered, mm -hmm. and uh, people said, "Well, you know, they represented the drops of blood sacrificed on the fields." It's a it's a it's a good analogy because they are so red. They Ooh, are yeah. really are so red, and I'm like, well, I can't wait till next year when they come up, and um, they they mine are growing. Yeah, because I love the look of them. And at eleven a.m. in the Shrine of Remembrance in Melbourne, mm -hmm. we've got a light. The sunlight comes through and hits the spot. But we've had to put a mirror in. They've done more than one. There's about three, well, three they, mirrors. They had to move it because of daylight savings. Three mirrors because of the daylight saving. They've got about three mirrors that redeflects the light onto the spot. Yeah. Now, if we were in Queensland, that would have been enough an excuse not to have daylight savings. <laughs> <laughs> to find out more about Joy ninety four point nine, check out joy.org.au. Well, it's about time for us to pack up. Oh, right. And leave because uh, the time is up and we'll be back next week. We hope you'll join us then. Eliza Doolittle, she's going to sing about packing up as well. Mm. A little bit of a, a rip out of the old... Pack up your troubles in an old kit bag and smile, smile, smile. While you've Lucifer to light your fag. Smile, smile. boy, nice. that's the smile. style. Mm. What's the use of worrying? It's never it never was, was worthwhile, well, so... Pack, pack up your troubles, yes. Can I just suggest don't light up your bag? <laughs> no, yes, it hurts. Right. It hurts, yes. <laughs> Bye for now. Bye. Bye. I get tired and upset, and I'm trying to care a little less. When I Google, I only get depressed.
Service brought to you by Joy 94.9. Support Joy 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au. Joy 94.9. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy.